Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the fourth episode into the series called Dear Diary Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, I was inspired by one of my favorite hobbies, writing. One of my oldest passions that actually kick-started all of this. Blogging on the internet that overlapped with my love for photography, to content creation, to eventually owning a social media agency and having a podcast. In this episode called Dear Diary, Why Does Social Media Affect Friendships in Real Life? I share a recurring question that seems to creep up in every season. I do a deep dive into how social media can affect a friendship in real life, the truth behind why people judge a friendship off of social media alone, and more. Before I dive into today's podcast episode, let's do a life recap first. I'm curious, how many of you like knowing the outcome? For instance, have watched a TV show at least two plus times because you know exactly how it will end and that gives you satisfaction in knowing that very fact. The main character ends up with the guy she's dreamt of being with all her life and they ride off into the sunset together happily ever after. Or read the last page of a book because you hate the thrill and buildup of something and... You'd rather just rip the band-aid right off so you don't have to sit through the pain and anxiety. I can't say I'm someone who demands to know the outcome. There's a bit of beauty into the element of surprise here, but I can't also say that I don't not like knowing what will happen. That feeling alone is based off of control, the desire to have it, to need it, and why? Control stems from what exactly? Perfectionism? The need to be orderly? Someone who likes routine? The reason I say all of this is because I'll have these periods of thoughts that will ruminate in my mind every so often when I'm working or during my runs or even while standing in the shower. That's usually where I get my good ones. And I'll try dissecting why we think certain things. For instance, this week was all about the pain points of working in social media. We hear the pros of it all the time. The community, the creativity, the freedom that comes with working in social media. But why do we only focus on the pros? What about the cons? Or the things people don't necessarily realize or see working in social media? I hit these walls occasionally, and I found it quite normal with this job because, if you think about it, most people distance from social media to work on their mental health, or when they're feeling insecure. Social media is seen more as the root cause of people's issues and problems. And I always have to reframe my perspective whenever I find myself on this side of social media. So I found myself making a list, a list of all the things that people don't realize or see working in social media, a list that consisted of one comparison. You deal with comparison a lot. Some days you're on top of the world with thick skin and other days you're feeling imposter syndrome Two, draining. 
mentally, emotionally, and physically draining for anything else outside of social media. Number three, the online community. It interferes with your love for online community at times. I mean, I scroll so much less now than I used to. Number four, it's frustrating to operate daily knowing that the entire concept of social media platforms are out of our control. It's a never-ending puzzle that we have to mold ourselves to fit into the pieces. I always thought that you had to be so mentally strong to be able to work in social media. And knowing that, I wanted to take on the challenge to immerse myself in a world that critiques you on your looks, your voice, your personality, your work, and everything that you share on the internet. I thought that if my base and foundation was strong enough, with God by my side, I could take it on. But as I'm more than a decade in being in the social media space, I realized it's not so much that one needs to be 100% mentally strong in this line of work, it's more so knowing they are mentally strong to combat the weak moments. We're never going to be strong in everything we do. We have weaknesses, weak points, and burnout, but it's what you do in those moments that determines your course. And that's what I find so intriguing about working in social media. And on the topic of social media, you know what I realized this past week? I tried an experiment. Something that I like to do every now and then to direct my clients with what's going on with social media. The experiment was to copy two of my clients who shared a carousel post trend on TikTok. One got one plus million views. The other got eight plus million views. Mine got 40 views. But here's the thing. My reaction to the result was secretly relief. I wanted to see how I'd feel if my video didn't get any traction or views. I needed that confirmation to understand. The content I put out can't be trendy. It doesn't work for me. God gave me this hurdle to get around because, one, I got frustrated of people's perceptions of what success looked like. And two, he wanted me to realize that what works for my business and who I am as a person is and always will be originality. Honestly, I think it would have made me sad if that trend video had gone viral for me. Here's a question to think about. Would you spend two hours making a video that you're super proud of and get 200 views or take someone else's video and get 2 million views? If that video had gotten 1 million views, I would have been sad. I feel relief now. Truthfully, that it didn't do well. It just confirmed everything for me. And on the last note, Bobby and I secretly had a trip planned to Boston to watch the Boston Marathon this past Monday. My best friend Tatum was running it for the first time and we wanted to surprise her and cheer her on in person. Holding in that secret was the hardest part for me, but I knew it would all pay off once I saw her reaction. She was utterly shocked and in complete disbelief. First of all, 
The weather had been on and off with the rain and wind, so I was so impressed with all the runners. And Boston being one of the most prestigious marathons, it's actually the oldest marathon in the world. And to be able to watch these runners take it on with their grit, their determination to finish one of the most prestigious marathons in the world is just so inspiring. I've been riding this wave of inspiration for running all week because of it. I mean, after finishing a marathon in that kind of weather, that kind of challenging course, I figured it would have been all a shock. I'm so proud of Tatum. I know that she put in the work for this and it had showed out there. It just gives me all the more motivation to one day get there, to one day tow that start line in Boston. And as for Bobby, he's also fallen in love with the marathon energy and spirit, so it's been so fun traveling with him to support our friends. Now, if I can only get him to actually run a marathon, baby steps. And without further ado, let's get into today's podcast episode. This topic of discussion has been a long time coming. Social media and friendships. People always focus on the positive sides where friendships are formed, relationships blossom, partnerships form, etc. But what about the divide that happens with friendships? So here's today's journal entry. Dear Diary, why does social media affect friendships in real life? How do URL conversations cut off IRL conversations? In the span of a decade, I've witnessed and seen so many friendships fizzle out because of Instagram alone. And I realized social media makes it possible to maintain more friendships, but at a more shallow level. Social media makes it easier to not have to go beyond a real friendship with someone. We start to dictate that someone liking our posts or commenting means they're friends with us. It confirms our connection to them. But what happens when that person stops interacting with you online, but still interacts in person? The social media relationships become based on storytelling rather than shared living, which is not bad, but just not the same. Friendship is a relationship with no strings attached, except the ones you choose to tie. So what is it about social media that causes people to develop bitterness and spite for friendships? Because I keep running into this in different formats every season in life. Whether it's happening to me or I see it around me, it's more common than we think. Let's talk about this for a minute. Social media keeps the friendship shallow, meaning if you never see your friends in person, there's not much experience sharing since you're just keeping each other updated on your social media surface level lives. And just like I had mentioned earlier, social media relationships become based on storytelling rather than shared living. There's a difference between the two. 
Imagine if you only maintained friendships with people online by reading each other's posts and messaging here and there. You start to perceive the friendship as always interacting. You start to perceive interaction as a sign of friendship confirmation. And once you rely on that interaction as your confirmation ticket, you're setting expectations in the wrong way to view a friendship. Because think about it, what happens when that person stops interacting? Because they either gave up social media for Lent or stopped scrolling as much because it was distracting them from everyday living. What then? Does that mean the friendship is over? You start to get frustrated because that one friend no longer comments or likes your posts. And then you instantly create a narrative that that friend doesn't care about you anymore. They're either jealous of you, a bad person, or just fake. You label them in the ways that make you feel better about the situation because it bothers you that your quote friend is not a friend anymore. But who created that narrative in the first place? You did. Did that quote friend say something to you? Did that friend express they no longer were interested in being your friend? Instead, you decided that it wasn't worth pursuing because your expectation was placed in the hopes of something that isn't sustainable. And well, if you have that expectation, it's easy to just let go of that friendship because it was shallow to begin with. And what about this? Why should that change the relationship, even if someone is interacting with you in real life? If they don't interact with you and have URL conversations, does that mean the IRL conversations should be cut off too? I'm curious to know how many people have gone through this exact situation before, when you're questioning so many things on what went wrong in a social media friendship that you thought was so great. I was curious, so I ended up reading articles that talked about friendship as we age. Not really social media specific, but I just had this curiosity on just friendships in our adulthood. And in one article on The Atlantic, someone wrote, I've listened to someone as young as 14 and someone as old as 100 talk about their close friends. And there are three expectations of a close friend that I hear people describing and valuing across the entire life course, says William Rollins, the stalker professor of interpersonal communication at Ohio University. Somebody to talk to, someone to depend on, and someone to enjoy. These expectations remain the same, but the circumstances under which they're accomplished change. And I can see the similarities of how we even approach social media friendships. Someone to talk to through DMs and comments, someone to depend on the interactions, the likes, and someone to enjoy the validation of compliments we see from post to post. It's so fascinating to see how even one compliment on a post can change someone's entire day around. It all ties back to the validation we also secretly seek on social media. You know, ever since the paid blue check arose, 
I started inching back towards this egotistical way of thinking. Maybe if I get the blue check, people will validate me more. I'll get more followers. I'll get more clients. The blue check will confirm my status and worth as a person. And I had to catch myself a couple of times because what this blue check represented for so many years on social media was all about notability, fame, and status. To pivot, to reframe our mindset on this blue check now, takes not only time, but even a deep evaluation of why we even care about a blue check next to our name. We all secretly want to be wanted, validated. Some display it more than others. We find ways to distract ourselves from the temptation, make excuses for ourselves, but truthfully, it's hard to resist. It's like teaching a grown dog a new trick. They've always been trained a certain way ever since they were little. So it's more difficult to reprogram our brain to not be triggered or see something different than what it was before. But there's another angle of friendships and social media I want to evaluate. We as humans, we can only take so much on a day-to-day basis. There's a capacity for friendships, even online ones. Could it be that we've developed a separate set energy just for social media? I really do believe there's a limit as to how many people we're truly in touch with and honestly have the energy for. Because if you think about it, all that time we spend engaging in conversations with strangers online takes away from the energy we have to care for people we actually know in real life. Apparently, I was doing research into friendships in our brain anatomy, and PhD professors from the University of Oxford stated that the neocortex is the part of the brain that manages relationships, and that the limit of friends we can handle is set by the size of our brains. The time you invest in a relationship determines the strength of the relationship. You might be thinking, But social media helps us maintain offline relationships and expand our reach. And maybe it's the way we label the word, quote, friends on a social media platform. Just because you interact with someone once doesn't mean they're a friend. I actually had this conversation with one of my good friends a while back, and we were talking about how social media has affected certain friendships in our life. We ended up talking about this very topic on people setting expectations for what a friendship on social media really is. I like having these types of conversations because you can really see the raw emotions behind why people are invested in certain things, why people care about certain things or people, the way we let out our frustrations and The way we talk about certain things is a huge indicator of what we truly feel. And it made me think of how many friendships are cut off or broken off because of a narrative we create in our heads. How many friendships would actually last if we didn't approach it in that way?
Those thoughts alone astounded me. So much potential. So much relationship building. If only we weren't so quick to making haste decisions when it comes to URL friendships. If only, right? Unfortunately, this is not the world we live in. The one I was describing is one that exists in a different world. A perfect one, I guess you could say. Because the world we live in is sensitive. Highly sensitive. To anything and everything. Which is why social media is such a sensitive place to share our thoughts, opinions, judgments. And we call these areas, quote, safe spaces, but by our own terms. It's labeled, quote, safe until you say the wrong things. My conclusion to this entire spiel is this. Social media might not expand the number of true friendships, but it can help us maintain and strengthen our important bonds. It's definitely an effective tool to help keep old friendships going, but it shouldn't replace IRL relationships. Now it's your turn. Has social media affected your friendships? Or has it questioned your current or past friendships before? Send me an email at grace at gracefullymade.com or DM me on Instagram at bygracely. I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another episode into the Dear Diary series. This time, I'll be talking about defining the word home. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in! (music) 